The Suburban Moor Show now, and it seems they've rubbed their producer up the wrong way in this afternoon's episode, Sentimental Hogwash. Savannah Moore, that voice you hear on the radio, that's me. That is probably not obvious, or it might be, but if it isn't, it wasn't, and it should be by now. More clear who I am, I'm who it is, who is who I am, who is Savannah Moore. We always were the same person. In fact, no, there's never been two Savannah Moors. He and I have never seen eye to eye because he's not that see eye to eye too. There aren't two, there's only me. Hello. Any good? No. Don't ever go at that again. Yes, stop it. That was dreadful. Play it back on to hear what my voice sounds like. I feel oh, weepy and wee-whittled. I don't think listening back to a recording of your voice will alleviate such feelings. Since when did you start using such words as alleviate? Oh, I read English literature at Cambridge, you know. Get out of here. It's true. I read The Pride and Pigeon Lofts, uh, Mothering Heights, Jane's Hairs, A Room with a View to a Kill. Where uh, in Cambridge? Where did you go? I didn't go anywhere. I was stuck in ruddy Cambridge. Uncle Elliot, I think I probably have quite a good memory. <laughs> and I certainly don't recall you reading English literature at Cambridge for three years. Blinky, I couldn't have stuck it three years. No, I was there eight days and then I walked home. You gave up college? <laughs> no, I gave up waiting for a bus or waiting for at Cambridge. <laughs> so, you, so you weren't at Cambridge University? You weren't? I never said I were. I was sitting in a bus shelter behind a bookshop that had shut. Hence the abundance of soiled 19th century literature. Well? Well, what? Go on, ask me. Ask you what? What's the obvious question to ask me now? You? Yeah, a studious scholar of poemish literature. With string holding his trousers This is bound to last forever, this will. There's only one question comes to mind, and that's... Do you need the lavatory? Hey! And if yes... Do you need assistance? No, no. Uncle Elliot, would you care to honour us with a poem? Oh, gosh, no! What would be wrong with that? Elliot, is the memory in your mind so poached in bitter shandy and lukewarm tea that I have to remind you of something you told me less than a minute ago? What? You did not go to Cambridge to read English literature. Oh, I know that. I went to look at a big trough. Reading a heap of wet books you found in a bit of a bus stop does not make you a poet. Ah! That's where you're wrong. I'm wrong. You're wrong, you see. It wasn't a bus stop. Well, what were you waiting there for for eight days, then? A what? bus! But it wasn't a bus stop. I already know that now. I know that now. I found out, aren't we? I told myself at the time, you'll not make this mistake again. All right. Against my better judgment, I am going to ask you to do a poem. Hi. What, out of spite? How can it be out of spite? Right. Yes. <clears throat> Come on, amaze <clears throat> me. <clears throat> Come on. <clears throat> Stalking my prey. By Uncle Elliot Francois Campy. That's really good. Stalking my prey. Stalking my prey. I am a butterfly sat on a plate. My pl- my prey is a ham sandwich. You'll get there. Yesterday it was cheese. I'm stalking my prey, so leave me leave me alone, please. That's it. Crap. Absolutely. Well, what about this crap. one? Hold on. This, this was entered into a poetry competition. It's called simply football. Go to the mat. No! Then... No more feeble attempts at poems from you. Cease to speak. Well, 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 just, Cease just to a minute. Speak. Yeah, I just want to read you one that you might like. But I might, well, so am I faced old... with the terrifying prospect of being trapped here indefinitely with you, being forced to endure your appalling poems until I kind of sort of like one of them? Yes. 
Yes, you are. This one's called a good old measles. No football, please. Let's go back football. to football. Let's right, go the back. prime football, right? The yes. prime football. <clears throat> football. Come on. Football. Yeah. Football by Uncle Elliot Francois Campy. How many times are you going to say football? Go to the match, then come back. Football. Watching the game, remembering players' names. Football. Getting in my kit, opening shell fit. Football. Football boots, now it's time to shoot. Football. The ball gets passed, rolling across the grass. Football. Kick the ball, probably score a goal. Football. In certain eventualities, end up checking penalties. Football. After match pints, lose track of time. Football. All of the players like potatoes in layers. Football. All of the players like potatoes in layers? Yes, yes they do. They're the potatoes chopped in neat slices like big crisps laid flat like foundations for a greenhouse. I know and what potatoes you... in layers are. Right. It's the rhyme. I'm, I'm picturing in my mind's eye footballers yes, good. sitting at a big long table you want? and all of them, every single one agrees that they like potatoes in layers without exception. That's it, you've got it. Why? What, why what? Why potatoes in layers of all things? Well, a couple of reasons, I suppose. Like a couple of reasons, but I suspect the main reason uh, is layers rhyming with players. Yes, that's true. I mean, you couldn't have all of the players like potatoes in tears. Potatoes in tears, did you say? Tears, you know, like layers, tears. but meaning rows. Like chairs at a football match, which, although it might yeah. seem first very appropriate for a poem about football, it don't work. Because if I get to the line, all of the players like potatoes in tears, what comes into your head? Footballers glad that they, mm. for some reason, mm. made potatoes yeah. cry, which is as baffling as it is impossible. Exactly. Not only that, it could also be misinterpreted that it's the footballers who are crying. Should we employ the comma? You know, all of the players like potatoes in tears. All of the players are crying like potatoes. It doesn't work, is what you're saying. No, it doesn't work. And who, especially football fans, who would want to hear a poem appraising football that ends on a sour note about the entire team weeping uncontrollably about potatoes? I appreciate your suggestion, Vernon, but you're clearly out of your depth when it comes to poems. What? what? suggestion? To, to, well, to change potatoes in layers to potatoes in I, tears. I didn't suggest that. I merely raised the relevant point that uh, all right. of the players like potatoes in layers right. is an unusual ending to a poem. Well, it's as unusual as all the players like potatoes in tears. I mean, oh. even if that were, if the word tears is interpreted by the listener as tears, meaning layers, potatoes in tears don't work because I'd be willing to bet £15, pounds 15 that pounds? nowhere on earth in any recipe book in any kitchen will you come across a recipe for potatoes in tears. It isn't a thing. And what? all of the players like potatoes in tears does not rhyme. So it's no cop. Does that answer your question? My question was not, why can't it be potatoes in tears? That goes without saying. Well, if it goes without saying, why did you explain it to you? I did not need it explained to me. It's blinking obvious why all of the players like potatoes in tears doesn't work as the last line of a poem about football. What I'm saying is all of the players like potatoes in layers does not work either. Right. Why? Because it's preposterous like you. No, it isn't. What, so all footballers everywhere like potatoes in layers? Is that what you're saying? Well, I think, I think the poem is up to interpretation, actually. Some, some people, some people will take one thing from They'll it. Take... Others will take nothing. Yeah, some like people me. will find a deeper meaning. Others won't. There's more to it than that, but also there's what there is. And that comprises what it is, and that's that. And it can be appreciated on many levels, actually. You're saying it's multi-layered? Yes, I am. Yes. Or tiered, even. If you like, yes. It isn't, though, is it? What do you mean? There's no way it is. How can go to the match, then come back, work on many levels and have deeper? Well, not for you, it can't, because you don't beat your football match.
Yeah, actually, that's true. Uh, I did once get caught playing with a friend's ball when I was about ten. <laughs> Mother confiscated it and made me eat it for me tea. You are still talking about a football, aren't you? Oh, yeah. She made you eat a football? It had been cooked. Very tasty. Very sweet. What did it taste like? Uh, chewy. Mm. It was probably the chewiest meal I've mm. ever had. In fact, I think it was shortly after that that I was fitted up with my first set of false teeth because most of mine had dropped out during the football. Uh, I can see now why a poem about football doesn't really appeal. All it's done is gone and brought up these horrible memories about losing your teeth. Uh, That's, this is why I refuse to eat plum crumble, however nice it looks. What, the plum stones? You bit down the plum No, 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 remind me, shut up. Chomping down. No, 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 no. I bet that come keen. What, keen, what, keen, what, keen, keen, what? I tell you now, if I ever get any jip with my teeth, I yank them out and slop them in a mug of wash and let them get over here. Hey, 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 that sounds like foam. Hush now, hush now, hush now. Hello, mother. What? Is that you, Moore? Oh, heck, it's Larry Susan. Who? He's the radio executive in charge of commissioning the show. Hello. Hello to you today, Mr. Larry. I mean, Susan, 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 Mr. Susan, Susan, Larry. Mr. Susan, definitely the last one. Listen, Moore, I'll get straight to the point. I don't want to have to go around your house and beat you up in a bush. Go around the houses and beat about the bush, you mean? I know what I mean. Now, that pilot, Sir Bernard Moore's show you sent me, I am curious to know what you think of it. What I think of it? Yeah. Well, I rather like it. In fact, I think it's swell, to use your lingo, eh? Mmm, I'm afraid I had to listen to it twice over just to be sure myself that my brains hadn't gone soft. Was there something about the show you didn't approve of, uh, Mr. You must take me for a real sap, more a real sap. Oh, oh, must I? What's he mean? I don't know, I'm looking at it when the grit has just gone up. What's he said? He, he says he's being taken for some real sap. Real sap? What's he doing? Is he going to inspect rubber trees or something? Is anyone there? I'd be happy to inspect rubber trees with you, Mr. L- uh, Mr. Susan. Whereabouts? Rubber trees? What in the blue blazes are you talking about? Come on, more. Admit it. That pile of show was lousy. It stunk. I know it didn't go as we'd hoped it would, but in the end it all turned out superb. Excellent. Very good. Good. And it certainly showed off our local community spirit. Common immunity spirit? Are we still chewing on the same chitlins here anymore, more? Well, what did you you make of it? Wasn't it to your liking? No, it was not to my liking. It was a load of sentimental hogwash. Sentimental hogwash? You sound surprised. Well, you sure as heck can't have been as surprised as I was when I listened to your crummy show, expecting a first-rate cutting-edge documentary, and had my ears insulted with a stuttering, mumbling shed full of cranks and wackos, violating the law, singing out of tune, and taking photographs of a giant fruitcake. And even that got itself upstaged. More, you're the biggest fruitcake I have ever come across in my life. And I used to be a mailman. Oh, right, well, a mailman, aren't we all? I'm mad with you, More. 
real mad. I thought you were a go-getter, and I had visions of great things for you. Actual genuine visions. Full-color hallucinations brought on by drinking hundred-proof corn whiskey with qualoots in. And you've disappointed me more. In fact, I'm so doggone disappointed I'm right this hour drinking hundred-proof corn whiskey with a dead moth in the glass. And the glass isn't very clean. That's how blue I am about this situation. In fact, medical clinicians would consider me by no means inconsiderably certifiable to refrain from going down on you like a one-and-one-half-ton net of seemingly underripe watermelons on an insubstantially fried corn dog. Do I make myself clear? Sorry, have you fallen down the stairs? How in heck can I? I live in a bungalow more, an enormous pebble-dashed bungalow in Boston, Lincolnshire. And it is at this said bungalow I live in that I wish to have delivered to me personally today, this afternoon, no later than 4.15 p.m., a copy on real, real magnetized tape of the second episode of your show, which I am over-presumptuously assuming you have recorded weeks ago but didn't deliver to me yet because you're a scatterbrained underhead. Is that clear? You want to hear the second episode today? Got a problem with that. Elliot. What? How long would it take to get to Boston in Lincolnshire? Where is that enough from? Here. Where are we? We're in your bungalow. Yes, hey. Elliot, how long would it take? As long as you didn't have to stop for the toilet and you didn't get behind the tractor. Could we get there by 4.15pm? We could get there in five minutes if you had a magic jet. Yeah, but I haven't got a chumping ruddy magic jet anymore, have I? Oh, yeah. Do I still have an armoured train? No, Mr Trevelyan wanted it back. And the mini helicopter? Ah, nuts. We'll be going in my van then, I assume. Yep. With me trying to drive it. Yep. Is it doable? If we set off now, we'd probably be about ten minutes late. Ten to twenty. Half hour plus. Blast! Hello, Larry. I haven't got any place more. I'm still right here, alone, in my chair, in my bungalow in Boston, Lincolnshire. Listen, Larry, today's ever so awkward for me. I tumbled in nettles earlier and my oh, headaches are getting... Oh, no, no more excuses more. You get that episode here to me today or you'll screw up my carefully worked out schedule. No, I'll get there somehow. <laughs> sure you will, and I expect to be real impressed with what I hear this time. Yes, of course. Something with zing, zip and zoom. Zing, zip, zoom. Zoom, okay. Something with ping, pow, and plamp. Ping, pow, and what plump? A real class program that lives up to the Larry Susan three eyes of interview. Informative, interesting, and in five minutes you get to the point where you get somebody else, you hear? Three eyes of interview, yes, Larry. I mean, Mr. Loser, Mr. Susan the Loser, Mr. Susan. That's the style. Wow, so long, more. Yeah, bye. Elliot, we're in trouble. Why, what's going on? Has he got on something? I believe he may well be completely insane. All right. He's demanding episode two of the Suburban Moor Show be delivered to his bungalow in Boston, Lincolnshire, uh, by quarter past four this afternoon. It is now... Twenty past two. Twenty past two. Blast! Haven't even got an episode we haven't two. got an episode ready two yet. Blast! Have I to make us a nice cup of red hot tea with plenty of sugar in? We need to rewind that tape. We need to rewind it, wipe it and start recording immediately. Let's see, half an hour to record the show. Be be optimistic and say we're on the road for, what, three o'clock? 
hour and a half driving. Half past four, quarter of an hour late. Wait, 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 wait. What if I get Mother to drive us in her simple van? She doesn't obey any traffic laws. Oh, no, no, no. Dangerously, Bernard. Your mother drives dangerously. Well, so would you if you'd learned to drive in a Cromwell tank. Now she's coked upon reef for all time. It's our only hope. It's not safe. Mother! on the tape machine the time and look we've been recording for that many minutes in so many seconds so what well another hour of many minutes you're at half an hour grab the tape off we go to Lincolnshire hand it to Larry Susan use his toilet go somewhere for chips and then home and job done brilliant your plan is to keep recording yes keep recording this keep recording this yeah this is the show yes me talking to you about butterflies approaching ham sandwiches and footballers crying at potatoes no it's the potatoes that are crying potatoes in tears we said it didn't work that doesn't shut it work how am I to impress Larry Susan with a show that features no guests, no music, no interview. We, we, we've, had a, we've had a couple of poems, don't forget. And Larry Susan Rungy, that was a bit like an interview in a way. He's hardly likely to appreciate the public broadcast of a private conversation between himself and me, uh. followed by us two bad-mouthing him. Well, you bad-mouthed him first. Oh, I, didn't, I, I didn't start it. I also said he was completely insane. I don't want to whittle you, but by reiterating all of this, we are quite likely making matters worse. Oh, gosh, this is a nightmare. This is an absolute nightmare. No, 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 no. There's a now. Stop it. Stop it. I'm falling. I'm falling. Pull yourself together, you tool. Now, this is it. We lump we Get your act together. Hello, I'm Simone of Speak up, man. Hello, I'm Simone of Yes, good, right. Keep talking. I need someone to interview. I need someone to interview. Interview me. I am not going to interview you again. What? What I shall do is I'll sprint swiftly on sprightly toes and grab somebody from in the village. They can surprise us all and be the surprise guest. Right. Uh, what? what? What's going off while you're scrambling about in obsolete Shanghai pensioners then? Music. Music. We must have music. A musical right. interlude. Elliot, I will leave that entirely to your discreet and capable hands. I am off. Mm. See this shortly. And play me something nice. Right. You're listening to the Sabrina Moore Show. I'm going to put a cassette on. That was, this was lent to me by a bloke who I used to occasionally uh, give onions and taters to, and then uh, I thought he died, but he actually went to prison for nicking chocolate bars. A fushy fushy boo, how do you do? It's nice to meet you too. A fushy fushy boo, hey I made a stew. I'd like to share that stew with you. A virgie, virgie, boo. A virgie, virgie, boo. Hey, how do you do? Some things are old and some are new. And some are big and some are minute. A virgie, boo. How do you do? A virgie, virgie, boo. I'm student feeling. Student feeling for you. I'm student feeling. Student feeling for you. A fudgy fudgy boo. A fudgy fudgy boo. Hey, how do you do? It's nice to meet you. I hope that it is nice for you to meet me too. I've prepared for us a stew, a fudgy fudgy boo, 
a fushy fushy foo. Now squirrel and fries will not do. That's why I've prepared this stew. Take my hand, take this spoon. We can both share some stew. A fushy fushy foo. Cause I'm stewed in feeling. Stewed in feeling for you. Stewed in feeling. I'm stewed in feeling for you. A bushy bushy boo. Did you know that the world's full of hundreds of people? Some of them you might meet. You might even get close to somebody on a three-piece suite. Stewed in feeling, I'm stewed in feeling for you. Stewed in feeling, I'm stewed in feeling for you. Stewed in feeling, I'm stewed in feeling for you, student feeling. So Some music from America on a cassette that I found in Dogbed. The special guest Yeah, uh, what's your name? Kai Roger Twist. Have you ever been on the radio before? Eh, uh, no. Well, you're not going to be on the radio today because we've run out of time. Bernard, cease to speak. That's the end of the Suburna Bore Show. I hope that you've enjoyed it more than I have. Uh, we are now going to have to go to Lincolnshire very quickly. Where's the tape on? Are you drunk? And that is that. <laughs> wow. Mrs. Moore, Mr. Twist, Moore, Uncle Elmo, thank you all for sitting so patiently listening to the Suburban Bernard Moore Show. Here in my bungalow in Boston in Coulombshire. Before I give you my ignorant, prejudiced opinion of it more, I'd like to hear what yours is. Um, not brilliant, but not bad. Not brilliant, did you say, more? Did, did I? Listen, Simpson, I can explain. No, you can't. How can you explain it, Bernard? How can you hope to explain it? He's there. We've just heard it on a blinking tape. We're idiots. Cease to speak, Elliot. Cease to What's speak. What's the use? I speak and I end up in bother. I cease to speak and I end up in bother. I give up on you. I want to go home. Bernard James, I think it's time we wended our way back over those Lincolnshire worlds and left this villain in his bungalow to stay. 
rescue. Yes, okay, Mom, let's go. Hey, wait a minute. Stay where you are. I thought it was sensational. You what? You liked it? It was a riot, Bernard. A riot. Grabbing Mr. Twist off the street to interview. I tell you, that's cutting edge. Yeah, but I didn't get to say anything. Hush now, young Twist. Uh, how in heck did you ever know that my most favorite song of all time ever was skewed in feeling by Captain Ray Stingbird of the Scarlet Thunderphibians? Sensational. You didn't mind some of them schoolyard recruitalisms that we aimed at you then? Uncle Elmo, that was tame. You should have heard me when I got off the phone to you, boy. You never want anything to do with me ever again. Sign this counteract, Bernard. Oh, good. Signed, sealed, and delivered. Sensational. 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 It was not until I awoke that I realized I must have been fast asleep, and as I came to, quite the most curious sight greeted my eyes. But a stone's throw away, I saw the frantic figures of Kai Twist, Uncle Elliot Campy and Mother, digging in the sand with miniature plastic spades of fruity colours. Digging in the sand, you understand, for we had apparently alighted on a beach, which in the cool, cool twilight I suspected maybe Skegness. My suspicions were soon confirmed when I saw a ginormous sign on big wooden legs that said in four-foot high letters, This is Skegness Beach. How had I and the others arrived here? I was desperate to ask them, but I was absolutely caned. My last memory of something I could remember was signing Larry Susan's contract at his bungalow in Boston, Lincolnshire. And just before that, the chaotic journey in Mother's van, Uncle Elliot swearing at traffic from the passenger seat, Kai Twist and I, that is, I and Kai, Kai and I, cooped up in the back of the van sharing the Pisces Deluxe, 24 tins of barley wine and a bottle of old Stiperops. My disbelief we'd arrived so early at Larry's bungalow. Uncle Elliot's disbelief that I'd somehow lost the ability to stand up. Kai Twist's disbelief that driving through Sherwood Forest we'd seen Robin Hood bending his bow and arrow at a petrol station. Mother's disbelief that it was 1992. Did something happen at that enormous pebble-dashed bungalow of Larry's? Something bad. Ah, you've come to... It's the village sake. Why are we on Skegness Beach? We're burying the late Larry Susan, obviously. Obviously? Obviously? No! No, not obviously, Elliot, that the late Larry Susan was dead! Yeah. How? What? Why? How? Mainly how? What? It's bumming noisy! What's the it? last thing that you remember being sick all over him? Sick? Me, Larry, all over him? What do you mean? can't remember that then. The last thing I recall, I signed the contract. Ah, yes, you were sick all over that as well. Were, were I? Yeah. Larry Susan went from being ever so pleased to see it you... It was, yeah. ...to all of a sudden not being pleased. Right. And uh, there was... You exchanged words, then he threw a punch at you. He knocked me no, out! No, he didn't really have to, because, I mean, you'd had enough tins, hadn't you, in the back of that van oh. to get a darts player drunk. And you'd not had any dinner. Prawn sandwiches! Said, yeah, Two prawn they sandwiches! They go nowhere, prawn sandwiches. Oh. I'm fed up of telling you. <laughs> Larry Susan tried to thump you, and right. then your mother... Got involved. She leapt on him like a crocodile. She does this. Caved his face in with this 14-inch dull ceramic cowboy that he had on sideboard. 
without worry to think. Right. Me and me and Cartwish wrapped him up in his own front room rug. Sneaked out at bungalow, oh dear. Sirens. Uh-oh! Four and a half hours then police were after us, I'll give them the due. And, well, your mother, I, I mean, she was unflappable. She would be. She was. She would be. Even when I was leaning out the window with brake barrels, spud gun, trying to keep them off, you know. Car twist, he had a panic attack, in back at the van and wouldn't stop screaming. First job when we get back is to wash the back of that van out. <sighs> Are you annoyed? Excuse me? Are you annoyed you missed the car chase? Nah, I'm annoyed we've gone and not gone and ended up going and not gone and got a contract. I'm done about that. No, oh, no, I'm sorry. <sighs> me too, I need to. <laughs> hey, severe car twist and mother sharing a tea stick in the twilight, mm. leaning awkwardly on their comically tiny, near useless plastic spades, the sea gently lapping the seaside. <laughs> Faint bursts of brainless joy whispered on the wind from sticky amusement halls. The dependable smell of fish getting fried, chips getting fried, fried nerves at last pacified with a simple hot meal served in yesterday's papers, washed down with a tenpence cup of sugary tea. This truly is a paradise. Yes, it's a nice end to a very turbulent day. Hold on, if Larry Susan's deceased... Well, murdered, isn't he, really? Wait, wait, wait a minute. We don't need a contract. Good, good. We, 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 we can do what we want. Do you hear me? We can do what we want, Elliot. Anything we want to do. Anything at all. Can we possibly go somewhere for sausage, chips and beef? No, anything, man. We can do whatever we want. Well, don't then, you? Uh, fish. Fish and, or scampi. Well, scampi. Yes. Scamp, scampi and skeggy. Yes. That is a treat. For your sake. This is, this is brilliant. This is like the best day ever. <laughs> Goodbye, Larry. You horrible old weirdo. Hey, don't they get into some scrapes? That was the Sir Bernard Moore Show, an episode called Sentimental Hogwash, in fact, which was an independently made programme created, produced, directed, recorded and edited by the Dethick Brothers. It featured Joseph Dethick as Sir Bernard Moore and Jim Dethick as Uncle Elliot Campy, Larry Susan, Mrs Moore and Kai Twist. It was written by Jim Dethick and featured music by the Dethick Brothers. Next time, Bernard and Elliot are at Wink Mop Ploughing Match and Ethel Osman meets a wise guy from Brooklyn turned restaurateur in Towley who demonstrates how to correctly stick a gun behind an old toilet and chop garlic that thin that he didn't there anymore. Till then, ta-da and take care.